For those of you who have been here since the beginning of the retreat, at this point of time, you might find yourself counting the days. Less than one week left. Okay. Count down. Six, five, four, three, two, one. And for some of you, maybe you're not doing so much of that because you have begun to see the benefits of practicing. You may experience some joys. And in fact, in your mind is, I'm not going to stop practicing. When you see the benefits of the practice, why would you want to stop practicing? Makes no sense. But if you don't yet see the benefit of it, then naturally the mind is not so interested, it's not inclined. It's normal. But then again, there's something pushing you. And that is stress or dukkha or unhappiness, suffering that's pushing you. And that itself may keep you on the track, prodding you along. And so you continue to practice anyway, although you might be wishing that you could get out of here sooner. <laughs> if you find these things happening, you find yourself counting the days, you find yourself feeling bored, you find yourself frustrated. Some of you say, ah, I'm not going anywhere. Whenever you find yourself doing this, stop and check. All these thoughts are unhappy thoughts, right? Stressful thoughts. And as Sajjan Chah would say, if it causes you suffering, then it can't be a right view. Right views don't cause suffering, only wrong views do. So you can stop and check, what is the wrong view that I'm holding, that I'm having, that is creating suffering, that is creating unhappiness? Do you want to be pushed around by wrong views? When you're having a wrong view and you're being pushed around like this and you don't even know that it's there, then you get pushed around more because you're unknowingly feeding this wrong view and it repeats and it perpetuates and it proliferates. It grows. So you need to be vigilant of all these views and if you miss the view, you feel the suffering, then that's a hint. Hey, something is there. What is it? If you don't notice it, you are being pushed around. It's like being pushed here and pushed there. But if you notice it, then you are not being pushed around. You notice these defiled thoughts. They are not your friend. They are pushing you around. So you don't want to be pushed around. You don't want to be suffering. You need to be vigilant. You need to recognize them. That recognition of them puts you in a better position. If you don't recognize them, then you're just being pushed around and wondering why you feel so unhappy. Sometimes we just don't know. But we know we feel unhappy, we feel somehow frustrated, and maybe not even to the point of what we might call frustration, but somehow in some way not happy. You don't know why, but just notice this unhappy thing going on. Maybe it comes in a form of a little bit of tension. Maybe it comes with some kind of dullness, maybe even a little bit of sadness, a little bit of anxiety, and you can't tell what is it about. What to do when that happens? What people normally do is they will avoid it. They will avoid this experience, this unhappy mood, unhappy experience. Pick up a book and read, go do something. I'd like to encourage you to 
don't run away from it. There's no end to avoidance. There may be what you call wise retreat in face of strong defilements. Yes, that's wise. But if they aren't very, very strong, take the opportunity to face them. If you don't face them, then you are just being pushed around again and again and again, and there's no end to this. We need to face whatever unhappiness that we experience. If you meet them, it's great. It's great. It's great, really, really great to notice them. Not everybody notices them. In the suttas, there's one particular sutta where the Buddha said something to the effect of if there is anger in the mind or aversion in the mind, and you know that the mind has aversion, you have right view. If there is desire in the mind and you know that there's desire, then there's right view too. If there's delusion, when the mind is in a blur mode, and you recognize that, then you have right view too. But if these things are happening and you don't recognize them, then you don't have right view. So it's important to notice what is happening. Recognize. No. Our whole lives we have been practicing avoidance, avoid, avoid, avoid. The practice is not about avoidance, it's not about running away, it's not about to get something so that you ignore something else. It's about knowing. The word Buddha means awakened. We want to be awake. We don't want to be in the dark. We want to be awake, to be knowing, to realize what is true. Avoidance is simply a completely different direction. So you want to know the truth no matter what. Somebody asked me, how to know the truth? I sit, sit and meditate for so long, I still don't know the truth. So I asked her, how are you feeling? I feel unhappy, I feel this, I feel that. She said, okay, so that's the truth. That's the truth of the moment. What's the first noble truth? Dukkha. So if you experience all that, great. That's the truth you want to see. Of course, not the complete truth, yeah? But that's what you notice, and great, you notice, wow, you notice Dhamma. <laughs> Gross form of Dhamma, but you start from wherever, whatever you see. My teacher, when he was young, before he became a monk, well, he had been a monk in and out, you know, in Burma it's normal to have this going in and out monkhood. But what I meant was, before he became a monk with a lifelong commitment, or long-term commitment at least, he once thought that he got enlightened in his practice. So he went to his teacher, the late Sri Minsiano, and said, Ah, I'm enlightened already. Then his teacher heard him and said, Oh, okay, keep practicing. So he went back, kept practicing. Then he realized, that actually he wasn't enlightened. So then he went back to his teacher and said, actually I'm not enlightened yet. La. And the teacher said, that's the right view. <laughs> that's a wise way of looking at it. If you're not enlightened, you recognize you're not enlightened, at least to the extent you're enlightened. If you're not enlightened and you think that you're enlightened, goodness, you're in trouble. There's a lot of that going on. 
and once people think that they're enlightened when they are not it's uh, very difficult in fact it's quite impossible for anybody to kind of get them out of that so you just have to leave them be until be enlightened later on that they are not enlightened anyway regardless of whether you think you're enlightened or not keep practicing even arahants in the suttas you find even arahants who have actually no more work to do they continue to practice they continue to meditate because meditation brings about more serenity more settling so why not so it doesn't matter whether you're enlightened or not whether or not you think you have attained jhana or not just continue be interested to learn more never think that you have learned enough that's one thing that I learned from my teacher never think that you have learned enough learned about this whenever we think that we have learned enough we stop because I have enough for it I learned enough be interested to continue to learn about our experiences the experience is not important what we learned about the experience now that's important so whenever you feel discouraged remind yourself there's a wrong view there what is that why do people feel discouraged because they want something they want something and try to get it try and try and try and try and they can't get it that's discouragement so if you discourage look at the cause what's the cause because you want you want to get something out of this retreat some weeks ago I remember telling people take this as a time for learning take this as a time for cultivating the spiritual faculties is the laying of the foundations don't take this as an effort to get something if you're thinking in those terms then you would be frustrated you'll be discouraged and in fact you might even feel a lot of tension not getting what you want you make yourself really really unhappy because that's the nature of defilements that's the nature of wanting but perhaps we believe that I need to want if I don't want then how am I ever going to get enlightened wrong thinking if you think that the stronger you want the more you would push yourself and get enlightened wrong thinking this desire itself is the obstacle it's like from here you want to go somewhere else like say you want to go to KL well you want to go there then you need to know how to go there and you just do whatever it takes to get yourself there that's it you don't have to be gone wanting 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 you already know what you want to do enough enough you already know where you want to go that's enough if you think it's worth doing and just do it that's it but if you push yourself if you crave a lot there's something wrong about that then it may be a good idea to check why you keep going on like that is there something that you're not satisfied with now here and that is the thing that you need to be aware of that's the thing that's weighing you down that's the thing for you to let go of before you can move on that is your practice
Otherwise, you're like trying to walk to KL with weights on your leg. You're dragging and dragging. Better to remove those weights first, then walk. But if you don't know that they are there, and you're just struggling and struggling, it's very tiring, and you may not get to KL. Enlightenment is not in the future. Insights, understanding, wisdom, they are not in the future. It's always here, it's always now. If you're thinking about what to get in the future, you're missing the point. I call this a spiritual cultivation retreat because this is what it's about, to cultivate, to cultivate our spiritual faculties. That's it. And when the faculties are strong, then naturally you understand. Naturally, letting go happens. It's just the way it is. You don't have to be trying hard to understand. You don't have to be trying hard to let go. When the faculties are strong, then naturally, whatever the mind sees, it sees tamas. It sees that this is how things are. And it sees what clinging is. And it knows to let go. Letting go happens. It's not something it try hard to do. So take this practice in the right way, that is, to cultivate. That's the meaning of the word bhavana, cultivation. It's not about an effort to get jhana, to get enlightenment, to attain sotapati, to get, get, get. There's so, so much of craving that's involved in a lot of people's mind when they practice. I want this, to get this, I want to get that. Th- these are worldly ideas. If you don't believe me, keep it up. Some of you get the idea right. And you experience a lot of freedom, or happiness. You understand that it is not about wanting something, that you get it. It's because you do the right things, then you get it. It's not about wanting the tree to grow, that the tree grows. It's about doing the right thing for the tree to grow, that the tree grows. Things don't happen because you want, because there are conditions for it to happen. So your job, our job, is simply to cultivate. That's it. When do you get the fruit? That's not your business. That's not your job. That's outside of your domain. When it happens, it happens. And when it happens, when you understand, when you get insights, then you realize that it is nothing that you can imagine. It's nothing that you can figure out. So whatever that you have been craving for, that just wasn't it. Something else. And you really, really know that that all those craving for that, it's just such a waste of time, such a waste of energy. Your time has been better spent just cultivating. That's all I have to say. Any question? If there are no questions, good. If there are questions, also good. One day, I agree with what you say. But it's for us to practice, and uh, we do not know how we're progressing, uh, or there's no way to measure. Sometimes it's very frustrating. Because in life, whatever we do, there's always something uh, to measure how we are progressing. But in this spiritual cultivation, I find it very tough because we just don't know how to measure. So. If you practice the right way, what you notice is that as you practice, you become freer. So if you find your practice going the other direction, you find yourself getting more and more imprisoned 
more lost, more engrossed with things, getting involved. It's a sense of like being tied and that you're not being freed, then that's the wrong direction. Now, the sense of being freer doesn't mean that it is a pleasant experience. Well, a lot of times it could happen for some people particularly that this freeing activity, it could come along with a lot of unpleasant experiences because of the past defilements, past clingings and cravings. And you start to meet them and you notice that there's a lot of struggle there because of how we have been in the habit of coping with these situations. When you notice this thing, then all these old coping strategies come in and you find yourself struggling. Whenever you find yourself struggling, then you also know that you're not on the right track. You're not doing it in the right way. So you need to remind yourself that the struggle is not who you are. And you step aside. And you let the struggle happen. Let it play itself out. Let it take its own course. Even when this struggle is happening, this unpleasant experience is happening, if you can view it in that way, to see that this is just a transient activity that's not who you are, then to that extent you already feel freedom. This is unhappy, but you're not unhappy because you don't identify with this. And as you go along, it becomes more and more obvious that there's lesser of defilements, less greed, less aversion, less delusion less fears. It's just a natural process, something that happens on its own. You don't have to be trying to get rid of them. When they're understood, then the mind gives them up naturally. So that's how you can see, that's how you gauge. It's not about getting some blissful experiences. It's not about seeing lights. Okay. But it when we go back to the daily life, how should we practice to maintain the awareness? Don't try to maintain awareness. If you try to maintain awareness or stillness or whatever you're trying to maintain, you're going to be very unhappy. What you need to do is to learn how to be practicing then. If you're interested in the practice, you'll find your way. You'll somehow find your way if you're interested in the practice if you find it beneficial. If you have no interest in the practice or you have not much confidence in the practice, then you will not find your way, no matter what I tell you. Just continue to practice. Just see how you can be practicing in any situation. The difference between here and out there is there are more things, more triggers, and these triggers are only triggering what is already within you. Whatever habits, whatever clings, cravings that's within you, they're only triggering these. It's already there, and it's here too. So when that happens, then same thing. Observe, understand. Except that these things can be happening so often, so they come at a faster pace. And sometimes you don't have the time to understand them. You only have the time to observe and observe and observe and let it settle, let it settle. One thing that makes it a bit difficult practicing out there is because of self-identification, self-reference. There's a lot of me and mine involved. When you go back, this is my home. You go to the office, this is my job, my boss, 
my work, my desk. There's a lot of I involved here and there. Over here, you know, no, this is not my place. But there can be a lot of I involved as well. My cushion, my sitting place, just that it's less. In any case, if you really, really have the confidence in the practice and also in yourself, you find your way. Okay, see you later tonight.